Listen, I don't have much time, but do you feel like you're going out of your gourd? Are you, do you have the cabin fever? Have you run out of Netflix to watch? If, has the thought occurred, hey, you know what? I can make funny stuff. I've been watching TikTok. I've been watching all the social networks and seeing what kind of creativity is coming out. I could create that. Hey, you know what? I wish they made a podcast about this. Well, you know what? You can make your own podcast. Go to anchor.fm. Go to it, please, right now. Make your own podcast. It's the lazy person's way to make stuff. You can make little segments. Uh, you could put music on there, found sounds, babies laughing, neighbors throwing frisbees, uh, uh, your friends playing guitar. Ah, it's so good. Anchor.fm. Please get this and find me. Inspirato Projecto. Let's be friends. Okay? Anchor.fm. Inspirato Projecto. Some say gala, some say gala, some say tomato, some say tomato. Write this down in your idea book. The round pizza box. Why didn't I think of that? Whoa, 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 whoa. Why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I think of that? This is Man Behind the Machine, and you are listening to Inspirado Projecto. I am currently taking you with me on another exciting journey uh, to hang out with the Wizard of L.A. Some of you know I recently had him as a guest on Inspirato Projecto Radio, 1630 AM, K. Chung had him in the studios. That was a great conversation about enlightenment, about raising higher vibrations, higher consciousness, tuning into what you love doing the most, and of course we talked about World UFO Day. How can you not when you're on World UFO Day? How can you not? definitely deserves its own holiday, so to speak, and so we hung out, talked about extraordinary things, and today he has an event going on in Grand Park out there near City Hall. It's going to begin at 333. People are to gather uh, starting at 2. I'm a little late here. As some of you know who listen to the other podcast, which I just released this morning, which actually occurred yesterday, July 3rd, we had a Yachtly Cruise show at a private beach party out there in Santa Monica. It was our first time, second time, second time playing on the beach, first time playing during a sort of a 4th of July celebration. That was exciting. That was so fun. That was so fun. It was so fun. So I, I woke up around 11, had to get some other stuff done. And uh, I had a nice, nice tall glass of ozonated water. I gotta say, I've sung about it, I've talked about the, the benefits of drinking ozonated water and also the 
ozonation therapy, the, all the benefits of that. One of them is it helps with sore, with arthritis, with uh, sore muscles. It helps heal wounds faster. How brilliant is that? It does a whole bunch of other stuff. Those are just some of the extraordinary benefits that ozonated water can do for someone. And I gotta say, sometimes during these shows, Stony Shores, my character Stony Shores, will sometimes bang his head on the. He just goes out of control. Sometimes he bangs his head on on the uh, keyboard rig. Other times his elbow. Uh, and yesterday that happened on a couple of occasions. I gotta say, holy moly! Sure enough, my elbow feels much better today. I don't feel any pain in my brain, in my head, in my brain skull. And so, so much better, so much better. Drinking the ozonated water. So what I did was I ozonated the water, and then I ended up taking a banana and a large spoon, uh, a large knife wedge, <laughs> large knife wedge of peanut butter. So I, I, I you know, I, I broke up the banana, put it in the glass of ozonated water, uh, and knife wedge of peanut butter, put that into the magic, what is it, the magic, the magic bullet, magic bullet blender, blended it up, and it wowzers, what a great way to start the morning off, I still got a buzz, I didn't drink any coffee today, I didn't drink any coffee today, and I got a buzz, a great buzz, so I definitely recommend that to anyone who wants to start their day off, imagine eating a banana, you know, it fills up your stomach, well, drink your, why not drink your banana? You could drink your banana. That was something growing up, I rarely you know, was ever, ever drawn to fruits or vegetables. And I've slowly grown more and more aware and magnetized towards fruits and vegetables, I'd say. What's incredibly helpful is if you drink it, blend it up and drink it. Blend it up and drink it. It's funny, some folks don't eat the pulp. They don't like the pulp of orange juice. They don't like the, the pulp of if you're to make a, a fruit juice like that, with all the little bits floating around, yet a lot of those same folks are the same folks who will eat chicken wings, buffalo, you know, they'll eat the buffalo chicken wings, they'll eat their drumsticks. That's a bone. That's a bone of an animal that's right there. And you're yanking the, the skin right off that bone, chewing it up. Why not? Why not drink down the pulp of a, of, a, of a vegetable juice or a fruit juice concoction? I'm not shaming either either one by any means. What I am pointing out is 
one has bones, reminding of a person of a living thing that once lived. I did it last night. Yeah, they brought us in chicken and they brought us in beef products. They had, they had ribs. I prefer not to eat ribs. I prefer to not eat any chicken off a bone. You can't, you can't beg. You can't, you can't, or you can't choose when you're begging, I suppose. Which is funny. Remember one time I was coming back from the store. I just bought a bunch of bananas. And I was walking past a homeless guy. And he, he was asking for change. I said, well, I don't, I don't have any change. I just spent my money on some groceries. Uh, you can have a banana. You can have a, a couple of bananas. He goes, oh, no, thank you. Bananas constipate you. And I thought that was pretty funny. A banana. That, I mean, there's a few levels to that. Number one, when you're a homeless person, how often do you want to be in a position of having to take a crap? Number two, number two, you cannot eat money. It's, that's, that's something you just, you just can't do. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I didn't know you could, you could go in between the, someone just walked in between the door of the cars. I've never done that before. Oh my God, I'm going to do that so much more now often. I didn't know you could do that. Wow. There you go. See, sometimes you just got to try stuff, and there you go. Sometimes you just got to try stuff, and you don't you don't know how it's going to turn out. That's what's so cool about it. You just have no idea. So, yeah, it tasted so good. Putting the banana in there. Peanut butter. Man. So good. And it, and it, it filled me up. I usually cook up some eggs in the morning. So, we're going to be getting off at the Civic Center, the Civic Center exit, and, and I will, I'll let you know more as, as it goes on. I might even record live while we're doing this crazy, while we're doing this crazy thing. So, I'll, I'll let you know more later as things progress I want to make sure that if you are going to be exploding fireworks today please please be safe please be careful please be safe this is coming from a guy who dared to sit almost directly <laughs> beneath the fireworks as they're exploding last night at the beach party. I had the best seats in the house. Second best, the first best were the guys lighting off the fireworks. We had the best seats in the house. It was amazing. Tommy Bowie and I were right right under it and we felt we felt the the ash coming down. That was a little you know we didn't know if they're gonna be sparks, fiery sparks falling down or not. We, we, we did it and that and that it might have not not have been safe so I'm speaking from experience also I had I had a, a principal growing up at Carroll Stream School elementary I had a principal who was missing two fingers on his left hand his pinky and his 
ring finger. The the uh, the fingers were missing. He had the finger up to the first knuckle, but the other parts of the fingers were missing, and that's because when he was a little kid, he tried making a pipe bomb and uh, you know kind of breaking apart fireworks and and putting the the powder in there, and the thing it, it exploded it exploded his fingers off. So. And, and, this is this is the awesome synchronicity, the awesome magical moment of that whole thing, is that it turns out that that principal, Robert Ballinger, turns out he went to school with my mom growing up in a town called LaGrange. So any of you who live out there in LaGrange, LaGrange, probably to the, to the French, LaGrange. Hello, I'm French. Welcome to LaGrange. The Grange. Does that mean the gra- the range? Like the 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 like home on the range? Like a Grange. Imagine like a like a like a like a meadow of sorts. Like an open meadow. Like a like a open open nature filled. Just a like a just open field. Like you'd see in the old cowboy movies, and TV shows. Like in Westworld. Is that the Grange? La Grange? So please be safe on this 4th of July, on this Independence Day. You are independent. You are independent. Turn off your news. Turn off your politics. Turn it all off. Follow your heart. That's the news. That's the independence. Follow the nature. That's independence. Look at what squirrels do. Look at how trees grow. They don't care. And they're doing just fine. And they're abundant. They receive abundance and they give abundance. That's you too, my friends. That is you too. That is you too. Please, allow yourself to be educated by the purest authenticity, the rawest form of of education that you could possibly have, which is just the natural unfolding of the universe as we know it. Look to the plants, look to the animals, look to the children. The children, before they're indoctrinated with 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 belief systems, limiting belief systems and the matrix. You can only believe something if you buy into that reality. Remember that. Next question is, at what expense, at what expense do we buy into the matrix? Hmm, something to think about. Keep that in mind. This is really good. And we got the trick a, is getting it to just go in and knowing where that is. Yeah. So, okay, what's your name again? Michael I'm doing Cronin. my podcast right now. Oh, Michael Cronin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, okay, so where did, and then, and then you're Michelangelo. Yeah. Where did you guys, so you guys just happened to see each other at a different event last yeah, night. And last now, night at all of a sudden, here you are. Yeah, it was a Burning Man Camp fundraiser for Charlie the Unicorn. I was working at Union and I massaged him and he was supposed to give me his phone number 
and got distracted. <laughs> and now we're here, and he has the phone number. How extraordinary is this? It's real, like, man, you know, when people, when people, I've noticed when people are vibrating on the same same reality, you, you tend to, you get magnetized to each other. So now you're wearing a too much coffee man T-shirt. Yeah, uh, how long is that? You know how you know? So I've been reading that comic since like 2005, uh-huh. I think. Yeah. And oh yeah. It was a joke with those two, but since I've known since freshman year of college, and they're like, I would always make human espresso and make a huge ass pot and drink all of it and get terribly jittery and sick and be like. <laughs> And, and they then you like, successfully became Too Much Coffee Man. Yeah, right? and they just gave me the Too Much Coffee Man shirt. Dude, that's great. Are yeah. you, have you dressed up as him for Halloween yet? No, I've never done the Too Much Coffee Man outfit. But if you haven't checked out the opera, it's pretty weird. So there's an actual opera. The guy who made it made an opera in Portland. I'm so happy to hear yeah. that. And the costumes were, from the photos I've seen were amazing. I've been trying to track down a full like length of it, but I've only seen like video snippets of it. How how uh, how long does it run for? I don't know. Like I know he did it. I know it existed, but I have never been able to find like concrete like details other than like a clip it here and like a photo here, which makes it all the more exciting. Really, yeah. you know, you fill in the blanks with your own imagination. Yeah. Now, you, you were showing some dinosaurs. Did you help build those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Santa Barbara Summer Solstice Parade. It goes on every year for the summer solstice. It's been going on since, I think, the late 60s, early 70s. And it was this... Uh, the history is really interesting. It was this gay Latino mine that would have a birthday party that would get so out of control it would start rolling down the street with them playing drums. And the city officials were like, dude, dude, you, you can't keep doing this. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to get a fucking parade permit. That's what I'm going to do. And they're like, okay, uh, gay Latino mine, 1970s Vietnam War going on. This is going to be a big-ass protest. We don't want this here, uh, but we can't deny him. I know, you can't have any signs, you can't have any vehicles, and you can't have any words. And he went, I'm a mime, you bitches. <laughs> And that's how it started. And every year it's all human powered floats, no logos, no corporate branding, just expression of creativity and how well people can display their ideas. I love it, that's so exciting. And it just makes that town weirder. And that's something I think that needs to happen. Incredible, yeah. incredible. But I'm so happy we came across you. You yeah. gotta, you gotta join the next Wizard Walk. I would love to join the next Wizard Walk. It's so fun. It's so fun. Yeah. So those puppets, yeah, we build a armature, make a clay sculpture under it, cover that in saran wrap, then paper mache the stuff out of it. And from there, it was a backpacking backpack that we built the body frame on. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. So are you a sculptor by trade? No, I'm actually a professional geologist. A geologist? Yep. Incredible. Yeah. How long have you been a geologist? Uh, uh, working for about... Sorry, I need to think. Uh, about eight years. But I've only uh, had my professional license about a year now. What, what, what things do you geologize? Oh, um... My background actually is in water chemistry and being able to like identify where water comes from based on the isotopes in it. The same thing can be applied to like, let's say you've traveled to Panama, you drink water, you eat food, uh, it gives you a distinct isotope ratio. You can use that for uh, geographic tracing. 
Uh, but what I do for work is I do hazardous waste remediation and cleanup. So toxic waste dumps, uh, human health risks. If people are being exposed to toxic waste, I'm there to stop that exposure from occurring and clean it up. Oh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So it seems you've been making these sculptures for a while now, right? Uh, about three years for the puppets and parades. Uh, and that's really, really the vision of one of my good friends. Um, she's just a fantastic artist. And she was like, hey, we're doing this. Come join us. I'm like, all the yes, all the yes. Now, has it inspired you to, uh, to combine to do more? Yeah. your brand new artistic things with your geology interests? Not yet. Um, there's a couple projects that I've been wanting to put together, but I'm not quite there yet. Less with puppets, but more with uh, fire and LED displays. Uh, but I'm not quite there technically. But one of the things I want to build is I want to build a basically a global map showing Pangaea's breakup and fault. Basically, the breakup of the continents as we know them, which isn't that high resolution but showing how the earth has evolved and how we wound up here. Like, California is really cool that there was a plate subducting under, and you can't see my hands from the podcast. But imagine uh, you're moving one hand under your thumb, yeah, and then there was another plate moving towards Alaska, and that pulled open and formed Baja California, as well as rotated the mountains 90 degrees, which is how you get the uh, Santa Monica and the transverse ranges. Wow. That's cool, man. What started your fascination with geology? Was it a movie you saw? Was it a teacher you had? Was it a book you read? Awesome teacher. Awesome teacher named Bill Bailey at Northeastern, who was just like, I was studying architecture, doing environmental science minor, and I had an earth history class, and he was just like, and now I'm going to do that archaeopteryx mating dance, just screaming and dancing in class. I'm like, this weird goofball is amazing and I want to take all his courses. Some, it, sometimes it takes the, yeah. uh, someone to really present it to you when, when you really see that they're passionate about what they're doing yeah. and that, that kind of, you get that aftershock, huh? Yeah. So, it, so that's always kind of been in your brain. You go, I want to do what that guy knows about. Yeah, huh? and I just love the coursework. I love the material. It's super cool with every hill, every ditch every valley every river every mountain has a reason it exists and we can figure that out and it's super cool wow dude that's so exciting man that is i've never heard geology described in such an enthusiastic manner before i think that's so kick-ass yeah it's it's truly unfortunate that it is a passion of mine and i don't do a lot of the hard rock side of it with work but i do do a bit of it with work which i enjoy Dude, that's awesome. It was a pleasure meeting you. Dude, pleasure meeting you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, oh, my name is Kurt. Kurt? Yeah, and look out, look out for the uh, Inspirado Projecto podcast. I'll, I'll get your number and I'll, I'll email it to you and everything. I'll send you this podcast. Oh, it's going to be fun. So, Michelangelo, I want to ask you, how long have you been um, breathing, uh, or eating fire or breathing fire, or both? All of the things. How, how long have you been doing those? I've been breathing fire for like four years, eating fire for like four years, and been spinning it for like five. So what? Who? Who or what might have inspired you? Was it? Was it a, a teacher you had? Was it a book you read? Was it something you saw someone doing? You go, ooh, I want to do that. Or their name is um, fire. So just seeing fire itself, you're like, I I need to have a much closer relationship with that. Yeah, I was that guy that just blew things up, and it was a menace. 
I, for one, have always loved fire. I've always loved, especially the explosions on like TV shows. I would get so excited when I never saw those. I love campfires. So you you took that to a, to an extra point where you go, I need to be very very close to this element. I kind of just like watching things burn, and then I realize that that's not okay, and people don't admire that. So I saw fire performing as like a way to like kind of channel it. So you could do it. So you could kind of get away with it in in a, in a uh, I guess in a legal way, right? Without having no. So, actually, most of the time when I do it, it's not even legal. I would say it's more so just acceptable because people are going, "Oh, this is cool." Right, right. They they don't even care if it's legal anymore. They're like, "Oh, this is cool. Do it." But uh, yeah, I feel like it's just me being a artistic hooligan. What what other interests do you have? You know, I also noticed you you, you were able to. How long did it take for you to learn how to shove nails in your nose? In like real time or in like like space in time. All of them. Let's talk all of those dimensions. It probably took like a month of me like doing it spaced out, but like all together, probably took like a day. What? That's it? A day to learn what to do that? I Those mean, kids were in mystified. Time, like hours, like maybe like 24 hours. I mean, like shoving oh, a nail gotcha. in my face. Oh, jeez. Uh, what other? What other? Uh, what other interests do you have? I like putting holes in people. Holes? Yeah, I like to like pierce piercing people. people. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, there's something about it. I don't know. What's the we- weirdest and or like most uncommon spot that perhaps you've been asked to pierce? The nape. The nape? The back? The back of the neck? Is that it? Yeah. I've had someone ask me to pierce their uh, their neck too. Is that is that a tricky thing to do to get the neck? This. I mean. It's more so just about rejecting and the kind of jewelry you use and infection because it's like on your neck. So when you're taking like a shirt off or on, you might hook it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like piercing people with septum because I just feel like everyone looks good with a septum. I think everyone could use a septum. So through through doing this more and more, I, I'm I'm sure you've whittled down. You've figured out what exactly metals are better for what certain certain piercings. I mean, some people are allergic to certain metals. I think I'm allergic to the metal that's in my face right now. But oh well. What kind of adverse reactions do you have to the to the alert? You know, to that uh, irritation, swelling. Uh, you don't break out in hives or anything. No. No, it's not that bad. I want gold. I want all real gold jewelry, though. That'd be cool. Yeah. Do time. Do you, uh, I get the idea you've been to Burning Man? Yeah. Perform for it. Performing this year. That's great. How do you, how do you, how do you end up performing at Burning Man? Do they, do they ask you, or do you fill out an application? You audition with your conclave, which is a group, and the groups perform in the circle. So, like, uh, I'm with a group called Hellfire Society, and we practice, like, two times a week, and we create a choreographed piece, uh, and we film it, submit it, and the Burning Man Council approves us, or they, they take the select groups, and we perform for the man before he burns. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Now, with today's with today's uh, with today's uh, social experiment out there in the 
in the park. What, what did you notice with that? Was it tricky to try to sit still for so long? Or were you able to kind of get into a meditative state? Oh, were you awake? You fell asleep? I went to sleep. When you took when you took the sheet off, you did look a little dazed. Yeah, I was yeah. sleeping. Yeah. I felt very relaxed under there. Yeah. I had to itch my face, but I didn't itch my face so I could like participate. But I love it. I did have to itch my face. Wow. So I went to sleep to not itch my face. I was just gonna say, I was just gonna say, so instead of itching the face, like okay, I'm just gonna go to sleep right now. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm gonna go to sleep. Uh, yeah, I also realized that life doesn't need to be as serious as it is, because I felt pretty serious until I had to lay there, and then I realized I'm laying down, sleeping, and I don't have a care in the world now, but about... Ten minutes ago, I did have a care. About ten minutes after, I started to care again. So, sometimes you just need to go and take a nap in the middle of the lawn. You do. Things stop to matter. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Gosh. Um, where can people find any of your stuff if they want to search search for your stuff? When I start coming out of my cave, Adam Nuke official, like the Adam to a bomb. A-T-O-M-N-U-K-E? Official. Adam Nuke official. Now what, on Instagram or on YouTube or all over the place? Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, yeah. I can just, I mean, I'm, there are probably videos of you doing any of this that's out there, right? Yeah. On YouTube, Facebook. I have a lot more videos I could be posting, but I just don't because I kind of like have a hard time socializing. I don't know. I kind of do me until me projects perfectly for people to care enough without me doing me. I know that doesn't make sense. It's kind of a catch-22, but maybe I'll figure it out soon enough. Well, the, the thing too is that uh, people don't get a chance to see what you're doing if you're if you got if you got the videos and you don't put them out there, right? You're right. And, and then plus, you're offering them an opportunity to be inspired by it and go, "Oh my God, I got to go see where this guy's going to be at." You're right. You're right. You're right. I need to do it. I need to stop looking down at myself and do it. Well, dude, you got all these skills. You got all these talents. It's phenomenal. Look at look at look at the brightness that you shined upon those kids. They were they were blown away, man. These kids are gonna share those experiences with each other, share those stories, and carry them on with themselves into the future. How cool is that? It's cool to know that kids are less scared of what I do than adults. Yeah. Some adults would not be okay with me doing that. Yeah. Nails in the face. Not normal. But hey. I don't. I'm not normal. Don't want to be normal. And you're right. I need to be posting more shit. I need to do that. I need to do it. I need to do it. Because what you're doing is a gift, and by you putting it out there, you're you're giving these people the gift, and then they'll go, where else can I find this guy? And then when they find out they're going to be performing at Burning Man, and they're going, oh, I'm already going to Burning Man. Oh my God, I'm going to go see that guy. That would that would be pretty cool. You could surprisingly have a whole... I guess the reason I don't really do it is because I find something really beautiful about, like, things being, like... So, essentially, we built it. Yeah, it was following an actual... 
I don't know. I, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Do you feel there's more value to it if it's not uh, seen as much, or? Yeah, I feel like it's more like the like a little glimmer of light, a little something burns. It's like when there's a fire, you don't enjoy it unless you're in front of it. So I feel like I'd rather just kind of leave it to the people that kind of like find the unicorn, you know? Like you don't believe the unicorn exists even if it's on video and so you see it. And I'm a unicorn. So trying to put videos out of me, but... So Michelangelo is your name and Adam Nuke is your alias, would you say? Yeah, the reason why is because Adam is my middle name. Oh, cool. Uh, when I was growing up being a hooligan, my tagger name was Nuke. I feel like my music and my self is split personalities. So what happens when you split a new, an Adam? You get a Nuke. So I feel like I'm an explosion of art. Now I just heard you say something about music. That's something I haven't heard you talk about before. Where can people find your music? Same thing. I'm a rapper. Where? What's it? What's it called? Rap name. Adam Nuke. Oh, Adam Nuke is your rap name. Okay, so is that stuff out there for people to hear? Got to put more. Got some. Yeah, it's out there. You, you do have much. some out there, right? Have a little bit. Yeah. Not. Not the. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because the because I had you know I had the wizard on uh, on the radio station version of this podcast. He told me to put my music on the. Radio I was just gonna say I would love to play any of your songs on there. Yeah, it's my opportunity to be able to 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 bring out the people who are are not normally seen or heard. You know, I like to introduce that to the populace. Well, I could do a quick little like thing I have memorized. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is Feed the Ego. Fuck it if you hate me, but you better bet if you shame me. I'ma claim teeth when I'm angry, eating rabies like a baby, nibble and dribble and a couple of nipples. I'm feeling so simple and I pop it like pimples. Sitting at the pinnacle, I'm feeling so cynical. When I go nitro, I know I go micro psycho. Forget the typos in my show, then I'm smoking that hydro with a tight flow, like a tightrope of anything that I wanna be. I don't wanna see all three of me coming, but a piece of mind. Let me feel fine, stop time, rewind, make a beeline. I'm a youth rhyme, got my proof rhymes, my words, chat so cozy, chilling. Then my life living it, fighting off all these finish. Get another minute, go rap instead of flopping the I'm fucking this bath inside your house. She's giving us a lot of the neighbors around. I wonder how would I mess it around. It's because I'm claiming that crown. Coming on in with the wicked dark clown. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Dude, thank you for sharing that with us, man. This is so kick ass. Now you have this whole other populace now that knows about you, which is so great. Yeah. I need to. You know what? This inspires me to be more inspirational and put my shit out there. So. Thank you, actually. Oh, you're welcome. What's so fun about this is that these are archived for future generations, so it's always going to be there. I want to be an archive. I just... <laughs> That's a good Why title for a song. I, I want to be an archive. I want to be an archive. That's a good song right there. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I want to be an archive. Uh, why don't I put more shit out there? I don't get it. Why? Why am I like this? You know what's so interesting? I always think about all those bands that are out there that, you know, that might just be like, rah, 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 you know, or it's interesting. There's always an audience for any kind of, you know, think about like um, noise bands, for instance, who in their right mind would think, oh my gosh, there's an entire populace for noise music, but there totally is. And there are festivals for it and people go there and see it. So just know that your vibes 
are are on the same level as others out there who are vibrating at that same radio station, so to speak. Yeah, I just, I really just, like I said, thank you. I just need to put my shit yes, out there. You're welcome. I have no clue why I don't. I think it's because I overthink everything. And I'm always in my head, and that's what makes me an artist, and I don't know what to put out there and what not to, and I get indecisive, and I'm very indecisive, and I'm not indecisive, I will not be indecisive, I'm not indecisive. There you go, there you go. These are all lies I've created, I'm not indecisive. That's one of the main things with this podcast and a radio station is that it focuses on the process, it focuses on the sloppiness, on the... Uh, Why have I know. always thought I was indecisive? I'm not indecisive. I gotta stop being indecisive. I'm not indecisive. I'm making choices. My choices are made. I'm making... I'm putting shit out there. I don't care if it's good or bad. I'm putting it out there. I love it. I love it. It's all going out there now. There you go. There you go. I don't care, man. I'm gonna fuck the world with everything I got. Yes. That's the spirit. That's the spirit. Oh, you can have the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. I'm going to put it all out there. I don't care if it's, it's perfect anymore. It's just got to go. Well, it's interesting. Something this just popped in my brain, something you said earlier, you know, you're talking about fire. What's so fun is that fire, you know, it's probably not judging itself. It's going in all kinds of directions. It's kind of just going. It's like, here I am. I'm doing it. Here, here we go. Right? And it's fun to be hypnotized by, too. The other interesting thing is this being hypnotized by an asshole in control. It's 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 interesting to watch those things unfold. You're like, okay, something something's going to happen here. We don't know how or when or what, but something will happen. Burn himself. Uh oh. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking with me. We will definitely talk later once we're uh, sort of away from all this background sound. But this is a good microphone, so it'll it'll pick up everything that we said. More on this later. Okay, you were saying something extraordinary, and I'm want you to continue today for us to uh, to rebirth ourselves in public to uh, create the renaissance starting with us which is what we did in the space of a ritual and we have to um, to really acknowledge what a ritual actually is a ritual is a neutral thing you could basically call it a habit once it's internalized. The thing that's different is that a ritual is a ceremony that can result in a habit. And the power of the ritual is in knowing that it allows you to link one thing to another thing. So it's sort of like a glue. And this is very important for people to realize because in a world where some folks have gotten hung up on the rules and they're not seeing the forest through the trees, th this will help you to realize that it's not the, the rules themselves. They are there as a guidepost. And the same thing goes for a ritual. A ritual is there and it is used to create a type of vibration or an emotional content or a behavior or whatever it is associated with. 
So at the point that you are aware of this, and, and they need not, not all be uh, recognized as these things that are, are sort of what the traditional idea of, of a rite or a ritual is, you know? At the point that you put your lucky shirt on, you've got a ritual, okay? So, so it's worth realizing at the point that, uh, you know, you don't step on a crack on the sidewalk, you've got a ritual. So you really want to think about how you have these, these rituals linked to your associations in your mind, in your thoughts, in your, your emotions, in your body. And you can recode and reprogram this. And today was a milestone for us because on Independence Day or Liberation Day, depending on who you ask, uh, we did this. And we experienced a death so that there was a rebirth, which is what is necessary. Because when we acknowledge, and the meditation that went on uh, in between, and, and we're going to get to this when you get to explain these beautiful uh, uh, feelings of what happened when you did it, though the thing to keep in mind here is that uh, uh, you don't get a rebirth without a death. There has to be a sacrifice and a death for that to happen. And this includes all your baggage. So this also, now, you know, nothing to be afraid of here. It's a natural part of things. That if you want to change, you have to let go of old patterns that don't serve you anymore. And once you do that, then you open the way for those new patterns to come in. So it's like you have to have, like, you know, it's like a clown car. Like, you have to have, well, <laughs> you know, maybe you could fit a lot in that. Though you still have to have room in the clown car to fit the clowns in it. You have to have empty room or an empty space to put something in. And that includes the new versions of yourself. So, you know, you guys uh, sat there or laid there with black and white sheets draped over you uh, in, in mock death. You laid there for 10 whole minutes uh, plus. It may have been 11. We'll say 10 minutes. It's a nice gate number. And uh, in front of full view, in which there were uh, camera people swarming in once uh, you were covered in the face. And uh, I saw some movies moving around. And, uh, you know, it was quite splendid as I walked around you. And, uh, <laughs> and the DJ, uh, DJ Puffs was playing. And uh, it, it was a beautiful scenery in this empty space that we transmuted by doing that. Now you laid in stillness under a sheet in the middle of a 4th of July fair. Can you tell us about what that experience was like? I thought it was great. I, you know, it was interesting because even though there was the music and the sounds of the people and um, I, you know, I've heard David Lynch explain it as there, there are the waves, there are the waves, and then but you go deeper and deeper down in the ocean where it's very, very, very still. So I kept kind of having that visualization in my brain, going, okay, down into the ocean, down to where the, you know, or up into the, to, into the grand, into the grand, uh, uh, all that is, I suppose, where everything's just a bunch of stuff moving back and forth, kind of like when you turn on those, those old, uh, those, turn on those TVs and you just see the, the fluttering on the screen. I tried to get to that <clears throat> kind of moment where everything was just what it was and not attaching a definition to it or not attaching. And like you were saying, it was interesting, you said something about, you know, if you notice the heat, if you notice the warmth, just go warm, you know. I notice that. I see that. 
I'm not attaching some sort of some definition to it. I'm not attaching some kind of even value a, a, a value judgment to it. So it's just okay, warmth. And that was pretty much the only thing that I actually noticed if there was something to notice. It was just the warmth. And so then so then I would just go warmth. And it was interesting because I would take it kind of take its power away. Uh, and it. it was cool because that 10 minutes went by fast, really fast. It w- it uh, it was done almost, I felt almost as soon as we, we went under there. And I wasn't concerned about who or what was watching or um, it was just, it felt great to be in that moment of just pure, of just surrender. And I think what also helped too was knowing that you wouldn't allow anyone to just come up and kick us in the nuts or something. Like, knowing that was like, I'm like, okay, I have your back. this is the time to come. Yeah, you got my back. I Here we go. It's just going to, look at that, the truth. I love it. Uh, look at there's Lumi without the eye. And, yeah, that, that was my experience. And it, it was so much fun. This guy's gearing up with more superhero gear. Um, so what, what, what were your observations watching it happen? Well, I love it. I mean, I, I think we all do. Well, hearing you first, I just want to remark, it sounds like you're a natural meditator because for you to do that, usually the biggest problem for anyone when they are in a meditative state is stillness. And really all that is is not being occupied by other things. Like, that's really all it is. It's, well, how can you not do stuff? Because as soon as you can not do things, then you're in, you're in stillness. Right, you're in everything because you have the blank canvas. So um, for that to happen, you know, and you be able to do 10 minutes right off the top, uh, you sound like a natural to me because that's usually the first uh, stumbling block for people that want to try and they say, well, I've tried to meditate and I can't. And um, well, there they're verbalizing it and sort of reinforcing maybe if they can. And on top of that, um, they're just not like some, it's a muscle you can train, you can get better. You really can. So even if you've had an experience where you weren't necessarily uh, very good at it, you can, just like you play a game, increase that. And some people are natural, and they can increase it, and then other people, you know, they just have to develop it. And uh, at that moment that we have traded up the context, and I really loved it because I'm watching you guys down there, and, uh, you know, I took a little video, I took a few photos, the people are are coming in and out, and it's just... uh, you know, it's surreal. It's like just the whole field was empty down there in front of the stage. So, you know, just to paint the picture here, no one is dancing. The DJ has just gone on after the introduction. And here you have a couple of guys lie down with a black and a white sheet completely draped over them with their feet hanging out like dead bodies. Uh, Michelangelo has his top hat on the chest above the sheet. So now it really looks like a memorial. Oh, it's great. You know, with the uh, the Jolly Roger bandana draped across it, you know. So, uh, you know, it, it's um, to see what that looked like. You know, you're something's going on in the Matrix. Like, oh, oh yeah. wait, did it skip? Was that a deja vu? And uh, you know, I, I can't speak for anyone else about it, but I thoroughly loved it. And then, you know, I walked around in a circle, and I actually did directed intention 
into this ritual. So this wasn't just all theater. Like, there's intention involved in this. I was like, these guys are going to, this is about clearing away what no longer serves, casting off the old husk and being reborn. And I see this in the macro and the micro version. So I want this for anyone that wants it. Here we go. Renaissance Los Angeles. Let's do it. Everything you don't need, sweep that away. And then let's go ahead into the news. So it was cool because it was a meditation and a magical spell at the same time. So it was it was good to uh, to see all that come together. So Michelangelo. And, oh yeah. What was your experience under there? Did you fall asleep? Yep. Yeah. Felt good. Did you have a good dream? Do you remember anything? <clears throat> I did until I started uh, walking around. It was good though. Yeah. Songs had a lot of signs. Um, need to make that money. That dollar dollar bill. Yeah, why do you say that? Because that's what I was hearing before I went to sleep. And then I had a dream that I got married to the money. <laughs> hmm, and how was that? That's true, the DJ played a set. One of the songs. Like, that's so cool. So you, you, yeah. you had a dream that you got married to money? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. That's a new you. Was it a good marriage? No, she took all my money. <laughs> she took herself? Is that like when your wife leaves you if you're made of money? Yeah. The dog agrees. The dog. <laughs> and the dog in the background just capping it off. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> does that mean a prenup's in your future? What did you notice when you were flying around in your sheet? How did people react to you? Uh, I didn't fly too much. Sat back down, thought about everything that I need to change. You came out a little reflective, maybe groggy from having a nap too. Though you, he came down different. It, you and I, when well, when you came out, Kurt, uh, I really saw when we were running through the crowd. Because oh, yeah. the rebirth is the other part of it, is, is when basically it was the arise, you know, come back to life, be reborn. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the drapes that were body bags then become capes. And everyone that knows and remembers being little and flying around with a towel cape or a sheet cape, um, <clears throat> you know, you logged a lot of time doing that stuff or watching people that did these things Basically, what they boil down to is using your imagination to play and engage in things that you love. And there is something so magical and authentic in watching people at play in the the state of actively engaged imagination. There's something so wonderful and brilliant in it. And I believe it is like the catalyst of a fire that starts and people can just, they know that, they get that when they see that. And I saw, you know, for a while, like I ran behind you with a little chase camera. We had our camera phones out and, and we we're just playing tag and, you know, you're sweeping and weaving through the crowd in your star cloak. And it was just like, <laughs> yeah, man, like we're smiling and, and we might as well have been five and I could see us doing this at 55. And I think this is the recipe for immortality in so many regards. I, I think that, that when you realize that, you know, it's, uh, you don't have to take it so seriously. Everything plays, everything breathes. They all experience these states. Like, you know, you look at nature and, um, 
anything that's going to get you into that vibration is going to empower you in that. And uh, sometimes humor and silliness, it's the best way to break attention. It's the best way to uh, stop an argument or diffuse a situation. Well, there was one thing that you were saying earlier. You were saying that you noticed that uh, you, when you were still there, you got, you realized there's no reason to take anything seriously in that moment, right? Or am I putting words in your mouth? There's a couple other things I want you to put in my mouth. I remember you saying something similar to... a family podcast? I remember you saying something similar to... (laughs) To saying, you know, okay, I don't have to take everything seriously. Uh, I'm a creature that sits in his head, and I found myself sitting, and then I found myself laying, and then I found myself sleeping and I found myself realizing that sleeping is a really easy to not think about things so help me not think sleep there's a sleep medicine and I want to mention this while I'm thinking about it because this is a little near and dear to my own heart and I, I want to say this if anyone's listening out there and either has a lot of stress or anxiety or depression that they need to work through, sleep medicine is actually a time, and when I say medicine, I mean like treatment, like taking a nap, laying down, getting rest and sleep uh, can be an excellent healing methodology. And this is something that was employed in the ancient world, and there were healing temples called Asclepians, and they were named after uh, Asclepius, the god of uh, medicine, which you often see represented as the in the symbol of the the pole with the one single snake wrapped around it. Ah, not to be confused with the caduceus or caduceus, which is the twin serpents wrapped around the wing staff. That's the staff oh. of Hermes. That's another thing mm. related, though different. And uh, so. Asclepius, though, had they had these temples, and uh, they were all over the ancient world, and people would go, and they would take naps, and sometimes they would take uh, potions or um, things that would induce, uh, basically, psychedelics, and there were snakes at these temples, and the snakes would crawl around in areas of the temples where the people were sleeping. The snake was, was sacred, and there's a whole wisdom of the serpent. This is going to come in... Wow. Really, to be continued because I've got more uh, stuff for this later oh, on the good. wisdom of the serpent. This is going to be a thing because of, uh, well, some of the special treats we're going to be rolling out uh, in the upcoming weeks. Stay tuned. Though, um, there's a lot. The serpent is associated with wisdom, and that's why, like, this was one of those things associated with creation and regeneration and things, too. It takes mm. sloughs off its skin and and does all these other things uh, that have to do with time and everything else. So, uh, so that was a big thing. So people would just go and take naps. And they would have orchestra pits. So they would have music and naps. Incredible. And uh, they would have uh, drugs. <laughs> and it was one of any one of those things. And people would just basically go and relax. They'd have hot springs sometimes. So they realized that like, wow. if you were in a state of suffering, the way to handle this if you're in a state of pain or suffering or or anguish is to do things that raise your vibration and put you in another state of being and to take care of yourself and do that self-care and take that moment and so sleep is incredible and um, we're going to be doing some more of these exercises uh, that deal with 
um, sheet therapy, I'll call it, if it's not already called that. I think there is a type of sheet packing therapy. There's some other things that, that people have used. Though, I, I have some, some things that, uh, to those that would, would brave them, I think they will find rewarding based on my own experience of how something as simple as a nap and a sheet could actually adjust and attune your reality. Because at any point you can just rest and take a nap, you can wake up with like a fresh perspective on things and you can be at like a more centered things. And uh, dreams, of course, that you're very tied into synchronicities, pattern recognition, visions, precognition. Uh, dreams have been a bread and butter staple of the mystic, the magician, like like uh, the inventor, the scientist, like you know, even men of science and reason fully conceive things uh, in quote reality from their dreams. You know, Tesla could see it in a daydream in his uh, visions, the fully formed or the the explosion diagram of what it looked like. You know, I've had those own experiences myself where I've seen things and I saw it all as like a breakaway and it did it. Though when you listen and you create that relationship with your dreams, because then you're going into the subconscious and the unconscious mind, you're going digging deep down there into the, to the ocean. And at the point that you have that dialogue running and, it, and it's uh, without judgment, because then you're not self-censoring what those other parts of you want to communicate and you can be like, oh, okay. Yeah, what do you got? You know, I'll listen. It's cool. What do you got? You know, it's been said that, that when we dream, um, th- those things that we think are, oh, they're just dreams. You know, it's funny how there's there's the, a, a popular mindset of just kind of go, oh, it's just a, it's just a dream. Oh, it's just an imagination. And, and it's like, whoa, 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 wait. Why, why is that, like, chat upon? Why is that something that's not more revered? It's been said that, when we when we dream, we we communicate with, you know, through other dimensions. We communicate with the the beings that give us the the information that we need to know. We get these big downloads, and then we we come back here and we wake up, and ideally, you know, we'll be enacting those kinds of things that that we learned up there. Have you ever ha- had a astral projection? Uh, yes, I, I think that. Uh, well, I grew up in a, in a particular. Uh, peculiar kind of family where I was exposed to those concepts when I was really little. Brilliant. So, um, which is not by any means to say that... Do you uh, need the Heimlich maneuver? Yeah. I need to do it. Who's Heimlich? He's a... Uh, he's, uh, he's the guy who invented the maneuver. <laughs> he's Heimlich. He invented the maneuver for he, him. Okay, here we go. Is she pretty? It keeps you from choking. I love it. Yeah. It gives you, it gives you a... Right in, the, right in the belly and it spits out the My grandfather took me to uh, my first out-of-body experience seminar when I was about six or seven years old. Incredible. My grandfather was said by witnesses to have done it in a room full of people, that they noticed that it had occurred in some fashion, and I've only ever managed to track, like, a little bit of that info down. Um, It had to do with associations that him and my grandmother, who apparently was a channeler mm. and channeled in from whole other lifetimes of all sorts of other people. Was any of that stuff written down or recorded on a tape recorder? If they did, I don't have the access to that. It didn't end up with our family. It ended up with one of the other people that mm. was involved in some of those working groups that they mm. were with. So um, 
I'm fully convinced that my grandfather was an enlightened being, that he had a knowledge that um, he had a deep internal gnosis, and that my grandmother was also psychically gifted in a way that was um, uh, incredibly powerful and uh, alienating in a way, where she basically had like a, like a containment area, where she basically lived on her own within oh. the space. Um, and I think it was because she was super sensitive uh, and, and an empath and, and what some of these experiences that they might have had were. So I, like, when it comes to stuff like that, because so much of it, and, and this is what I would go back to with what you had to say, Kurt, about um, why people are sort of dismissive about dreams and why that sort of became a thing where people would do that. And I have an answer for that. And I don't claim it to be the final answer, though I think it's worth noting where it may have become more common. Mm. And this has to do, I think, with the development of science, and especially when it became a physicalist science, really at the, the so-called age of enlightenment, where the models of what science had to deal with and matter had changed. and and the idea of whatever consciousness was changed and it became this mechanistic universe where you know you don't really have a consciousness there was no answer for it in that model it's all just meat and uh, you know synapses moving around and so at that point if there is nothing behind the the matter and the body and the juice then it can't answer it in any other way than to be dismissive of it and say, well, there's mm. no, you know, dreams are just some process of, you know, your mind unwinding or whatever. It doesn't really necessarily mean anything. And I think it's really just the outdated model of that time and the echo that carried over until recently where, you know, we know a lot better. And we can see that there's plenty of lab and scientific evidence to show otherwise people having precognitive and clairvoyant dreams. You know, clairvoyant is clear vision. It's being able to see, you're seeing in non-local time. Um, you know, there's even been some really amazing uh, accounts uh, of people uh, in hospitals having near-death experiences or coming back and being able to prove it by information that they have obtained oh, yeah. afterwards with the hospital staff or whoever that they could actually prove it out. Well, you know, your mileage may vary on that. I, I say do figure it out on your own as to what uh, resonance and resonates with you. Though at the point that you acknowledge that you may have a consciousness and by that we mean you have a, an essence that is beyond your physical body, that is uh, supreme intelligence, that it's, it's tied into something larger. You can call it God, you can call it the force, you can call it uh, whatever you want to model it as. As soon as you recognize basically the thing that's bigger than yourself, then you enable it to live. Mm. Because let's say, hypothetically speaking, and this is quite viable, that if your consciousness, if you believe you have a consciousness, you believe you have something beyond a physical brain that is calling the shots, then at that point in time, well, it's not in a point in time because it's not bound by that concept anymore. So at that point, it has access to non-simultaneous alternate realities. You can have the spectrum. If we want to take it into the quantum physics realm, or, or and look at ideas like uh, multiverse and, uh, you know, it doesn't even have to be a, uh, 
a string theory thing, like just the idea of uh, many or all possible outcomes because you have one present moment, then every version of you exists. Mm -hmm. So at that point, you can communicate to yourself once you allow yourself the ability or the belief measure to do that. And I liken this to, if you want to have the guest over, you have to open the door. Mm -hmm. If you don't open the door, you could have, you know, any kings and queens could walk down the street ready to give you full treasure chests with jewels and gold. And they're like, I got this for him. If you don't open that door, they're not going to come in. So the first portion of this is opening the door to it and saying, okay, I am open to the possibility that there are other versions of me and that I may be able to communicate with them and that I may be able to gain wisdom and insight and that I may be able to slide into a reality of one that's more desirable or one that I intend and that instead of being a victim that I may be the creator of my experience and my reality. And that if I was going to do that, everyone else that would be in that experience would be there for a reason. And they would be there to teach me or help me or show me. And at this point, and this may be helpful for, for those that have experienced synchronicities in, in a painful way, it's the thing that shifts paranoia into pronoia. Oh, that's good. And that's when the universe is conspiring to help you. And at that point, it's not out to get you. It's out to help you. And it's got the gifts to deliver it all to you. And all you have to do is turn the dial, just like a radio. You turn and tune in. You know, the dial doesn't move. In, in theory, you're turning the dial 360 degrees. You turn the knob. The dial's moving in a circle, the frequency changes, and that changes the music. And that's it. That's incredible. That is incredible. What do you, I was gonna ask him his opinion on on these uh, magical. <laughs> he had to teleport over to the other uh, food truck area. He did, he did. So. Gosh, this is incredible. This is so great, man, that this is, like today has just been so fruitful, so nutritious, so delicious, and we've met so many great people. Yeah, we were aligned for it. Then we met those other fine folks to join our merry little band. I yeah, just yeah. want to say, you know, I have the, uh, the Ten of Cups tarot card in my hat along with the world. Those were the spells that I played in my enchanted hat today. Oh, fantastic. If you know the Ten of Cups, it's... Uh, it's an abundance card, and it has to do with family and happiness and uh, all of that. So whenever I'm out trolling and 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 trying to score, uh, you know, not the bad trolling. The trolling is in grabbing the net and looking for family that's part of it. I wear those cards, you know, or whatever configuration. That's my spell. So what happened? We did that thing, and then we met some other fine folks. And uh, I really feel like this is a big game-changing moment because we experience the synchronicities right away. Well, first of all, you notice the guy's wearing an obscure T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. What uh, What was that anyway? Is that, that was called Too Much Coffee Man. Uh, it's a 
it was an independent comic. I don't know if it's still going on or not, but I remember seeing it back in Chicago, and it's this guy who's got a big coffee cup on his head, and he just, he's just always drinking coffee, always just jittery. And so I, I always kind of associated with that guy because I, I came across his comics um, when I was going to Columbia College, and I would have these spans of time in between when I'd have a class and when I'd have to be in a play rehearsal. And so I'd just be in this, this place just drinking coffee, drinking coffee. And so too much coffee, man. That's what was so crazy that he happened to be wearing that shirt. And, of course, you happened to have met him last night, of course. Okay, so we're in the middle of a park with a 4th of July celebration. So count the numbers, however many thousands of people are here. And we run into a guy that Michelangelo just so happened to massage last night here at this park. And... Less than 12 hours ago. Wow. Is this story there? I massaged him at 2 o'clock. 2 something. 2 something? If we had the exact time, see, I could run the numbers. I think we could have. So it's 7 something now. We pro that was probably like 5 hours ago. No, we got here at like 3 something. So it's about a little more than 12 hours ago. After I met him. 12. 12 is the number you came up with. 12 is a 1 plus 2, which is a 3. 3 is the number of artists. You do your reduction. Math is language is symbols. 3 is the number of artists. What did we met? 3 is the magic number. We met. It's a magic number. It also symbolizes birth, death, and sacrifices. It symbolizes the Holy Trinity and of And how cool is that? The right. three of us. Right. And then the three of us. Right. So there is a whole... Is wizard in the heart? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. This is good. This is good. Right. Oh my god. And it's Check no mistake. What does that say? 2018. It's, what? It's maybe we need a side project. Under it's, your spell is the name of the. Oh nail my polish. god. That's the name of his nail polish. He's putting on his fingers right now. This Actually, is good. Oh my gosh. This is good. And it's no mistake that all the kids were always drawn to it. They knew. They knew exactly what was going on. Well, we pay it forward. Let me explain. Like this is this is something that'll help you, especially if you you have like a funny relationship with children. I don't mean that in like a dark way. I mean it in a way like if you you want to know successfully how to engage with children. Mr. Rogers really had oh, this one down. Gosh. Oh, you know, gosh. you, you oh, treat man. them like a bean. Oh yeah. <laughs> and don't talk down to them. Oh yeah. And and be be on the level with them oh, and it's yeah. a real game changer and uh, I look at it and I go well these guys they're going to go in a whole other they're growing in a whole other paradigm than I am like the child that you give an encouraging word to now in non-linear time is also the 40 year old entrepreneur that changes the world and makes it a better place they're at the same time <laughs> Because they're not stuck in time that way. So this it's, gets mind-bendy because then you're like, oh, okay, like, I'm just going to go make this intention and, you know, uh, give this, this little boy or girl this pad and paper and crayons and maybe they go on to become the artist of their era mm -hmm. because you did that. Or you gave that intelligent... Uh, um, uh, double entendre word or something. You can really code it up. I mean, everyone's doing it. It's a matter of if you're aware you're doing it or not. This is where it's like you got to really realize everyone's creating reality through their speech and their actions. It's just, you know, the wizard, the magician, the will worker of any kind, 
uh, you know, the business magnate. They're just aware of how they're doing it. They're, they're calling the shots. They're like, I'm going to take accountability for it, and I'm going to grow it and tend to my garden and make this this way. So, you know, look at these guys here. I mean, they're out here playing. You can hear them playing in the street. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. You know, it's tag. It's their imagination. They have no props. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they don't have, uh, it doesn't matter what kind of money's involved in that. Like, that's, that's, there's no, it's not a factor in that. Kids playing tag in the street has nothing to do with yeah. the net worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's decommodified in a, in a pure way. It's like, the real currency here is happiness. Look at the smiles, look at the Gosh. happiness. They got a street. Yeah. They got. They've got the ability to chase each other around. Yeah. Look at them. It's so great. Smiles. I mean, it's just great. It's so cool. This is what we were doing. We were yeah. just doing this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Look at that. The symbolic it's representation good to see. of what we did. It's great. It is so funny because it's so interesting how little kids they're they're looking at what it's what a being an adult is supposed to be, you know, through the billboards or through whatever's in the, whatever's the most loudly barking at them at that time. While we're looking at the kids, trying to be... Say it again? I said, while we're the adults looking at the kids. I was to just going to say, and then as we get adult, uh, older, as, as adults, we want to dial back to being young again. It's so, it's so, it's so interesting. So let's just, let's just fast forward through we're all that craziness. Yes. And just become the, just the get, middle way. Yeah. The middle way. Because at that point, you, you can, there's a difference between childlike and childish, you know, if you want to, if you want to demarcate it, you know, childish it would be the things, to me anyway, that uh, are kind of unskillful mm. that happen in children or adults that don't sort of progress in their thinking of consciousness. Childlike is more like a type of wonder that exists. And you yeah. find in the greatest geniuses, the greatest uh, anyone that's done anything, they often maintain this childlike, uh, inquisitive or curio curiosity or curious nature or good-naturedness. And you'll see it like in the people that dream big and accomplish big and world-changing things, they don't lose that magic. That's a magic that continues and it stays. And... Um, well, I, I ought to say that I don't think you ever really lose it at any point that you can recall it. So, and, and this is especially good. Now, you've had to have seen this at a Yachtly Crew show. This is what I would imagine. The Yachtly Crew? Yachtly Crew, okay. <laughs> I, I imagine because the audience is so engaged in that kind of show and that you might have like, like some older folks that remember these songs from way back and maybe they go back into a place of, of, of vigor and activity and they smile. And if you've ever seen old, like older people that become the teenager again or become young again when something is mentioned to them or when they go to relive a memory and you oh, can yeah. really see it. You can see their whole energy field change oh, and yeah. you can see their whole visage, their face, it changes 
and their face looks uh, young and vibrant and beautiful and it was just because they were reliving what that is and with a show like that it's like you know to take people back because songs are such good uh, well they're ritual things that can you know kind of trigger a memory or a moment or something like that and with that stuff it's like you know you get people out on the dance floor and making them the stars of the show at that point it's like oh yeah then they're uninhibited right oh, and then yeah. it's it's intriguing that um to go along with what you're saying about these 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 geniuses who going around spanking the little one <laughs> they're good they're all going around spanking the little one wait that little one is it I, I believe that little one was watching you put the nail in your nose i think earlier See, were you teaching them how to do S&M at a very young age? Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> she went to the bondage ball last yeah. night. No, but they're all playing tag, and when one of them tagged her butt, they all started tagging her butt, and she's like, stop it, and like, she's trying to play it off, and I can tell that she's uncomfortable. But wait, she just did it to the guy, though, right? Uh-oh. Did she just knock the dude? Oh, jeez, I think she did. She gave him a, a, a square punch See, to the nutsack. This is the thing. Do you project when you say that? Do you think that's true? Like, there was a time when, when touch was actually considered encouraging and innocent and innocuous at face value. Yeah. It was a very, very different climate yeah. in this world. Yeah. Like, there was no suspicion of yeah. any of it. It wasn't this world where everything was hostile and everybody was out to be a creep. Touch happened universally. It wasn't just uh, women or men to women. It was men to men, men to women, women to women. And it was uh, in all sorts of cultures that were dealt with in a way that they created a type of of bond and a type of association. And it was meant in the way that it's meant to encourage camaraderie and the spirit of belonging. You know, not that there's some sort of ulterior motive to it. And... uh, you know, people have been so quick to jump on it because of some situations that they just, you know, they run uh, headlong into that. And it doesn't have to be that way. You know, just, it, it's like I say, like, a coin is a 50-50 shot every time you flip it. It doesn't mean if it comes up heads 10 times in a row that it's not a 50-50 shot that it could come up tails. Mm-hmm. So you really treat it moment to moment, situation to situation. And when you go into it uh, with the intention being aligned properly in a way that it's like it's it's adding value and that it's meant in the spirit of just, you know, pure love, like real love of what it is, it's a different thing. And, you know, I think a lot of people, the, the reason why they have to deprogram from all this trauma and suffering that this culture and this world has gone through is a lot to do maybe with people telling them, oh, well, you know, maybe you ought to be offended by that or maybe uh, that ought to, you know, that wasn't this or that, you know, because of a story that they had. Though, you know, ancients say everything happens in cycles. And so uh, cycles it is. You know, and plus on. a lot of the advice that's being thrown around out there little of it is actually coming from you know it I'll just say most of it is coming from what they heard from someone else say what they heard from someone else say what they heard from someone else say um, you know I, I, I mean it could even apply to this podcast to, to podcasting just in general I'd always hear oh gosh well it's so t-, you know you gotta get all this equipment for a podcast you got all this stuff and so you know 
one can choose to believe that all that is necessary or go, gosh, there's just got to be another way. And next thing you know, something swoops in and they go, oh, guess what? There's an app here that makes it so easy for, for a podcast to happen. And all of a sudden, bam, and there it is. There's an app for that. There's an app for that. They, they opened it up. The, the lane opened up for you when you wanted to do it. And it's so important to not be... Uh, managed by the limitations of others you know remember folks this is a world where what was it 1900 they closed the u.s patent office they said there was nothing left to invent wow you know it was closed like like that is a limited thing that's a scarcity mentality and to move into a place of abundance you know you have to believe that there's a lane that it's going to find you and now look at you you're on fire you know you're doing all this stuff these shows are great now you're on the radar and nominated for an uh, award what's the award the name is oh, the best uh, best uh, podcast award best which is podcast crazy award for Be- a guy best that- uh, co- oh, sorry best art podcast best art yeah, there's podcast two cat- there's two categories though aren't there i thought oh, you were maybe. two the adam curry award i think you're nominated for too oh that's awesome yeah you are yeah, I think I saw because I, I voted twice. Oh, that's awesome! Thank you. That's what it was. Oh my God, it's so kick-ass! Yeah, get him to vote for both. Holy cow! So yeah, <laughs> well there you go. Congratulations! <laughs> Let me be the first to tell you, you're nominated <laughs> for the Adam Curry. Uh, you know, yeah. yeah the question uh, is, who did, who's Adam Curry? Adam Curry was a famous MTV VJ really? and uh, uh, music. Mu- what do I say? Audiophile? Oh, Would you Loder. like me? That's what I was imagining. Hey, who's another one? You know, like so, Kurt Loder. That's interesting. Wow, that's so cool to hear. Adam Curry. Adam Curry, uh, most notably, uh, I remember Adam Curry's turn on Headbangers Ball was uh, one of the things. He used to do the news, too. Oh, my he did, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Did some other stuff. Holy cow. If that is the Adam Curry that they are referring to, it could be a different Adam Curry. You know, forgive me if I'm associating it with another one. That was my first one because I think, you know, I just, my mind went to who was involved in broadcasting that had that name. So, you know, I didn't go back and look up which Adam Curry, though if I was right, then there you go. And if not, you know. (laughs) Now, what do you know about Adam Curry? What were you saying? Peg Green Curry yesterday. There you go. He just, he Did just, you name it Adam? <laughs> no. The man. first man. The Green Adam Curry Award. <laughs> the first man. He's uh, he's there to weigh in for the non sequitur. We got him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got him on record with a non sequitur, Kurt. <laughs> we got him on record. Now you know why this thing's nominated for awards. <laughs> it's right there. He had I curry just, yesterday. I just and power pack it with non sequitur. I like turtles, and I just want to go on record as saying that I like turtles. That was a wonder, a wonderful video that existed. There was a little kid who was dressed like a zombie, and he goes, "I like turtles." They were asking him about, yeah. They asked him, "What, what do you think about what's going on?" And uh, da, 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 and he just stares at the camera and he goes, "I like turtles." And she's like, "All right, that's great." Uh, I just loved, I loved trying to see this woman trying to recover from this beautiful absurdity that was just. Bloop, Plopped right in there. It was so funny. It, it, was it, so got, it, it, it hit the memosphere so hard. <laughs> it circumnavigated it. It circumnavigated it many times. I believe you could get lunch boxes with his uh, likeness oh, made on great. them. There was like tote bags and all sorts of other stuff. 
for that good memory. And then I ran into a zombie kid at, at Lummis Day, and I was like, can you just say I like turtles for me? And I Instagram storied that. I was like, I know I got to do the, the recreate. Oh, the, yeah. When you see a kid getting made up with skull face, I mean, at this point, yeah. you can't resist. You Interestingly it. enough, for people that are in the symbols, the turtle is a symbol of wisdom and longevity because it carries its home on its back. And it moves at a deliberate face. And they live uh, for a very long time. You ever heard of turtles all the way down? Turtles all the way down? Turtles down. What does that mean? means, like, uh, it dates back to, like... Is this a penis reference? No. Turtles down! It's to the concept of, like, societies and cities living on the backs of turtles. Wow. In old, like, uh, Chinese, like, uh, culture. So, like, before they knew that the world was, like, round or yada yada, they believed that the worlds were built off of turtles' backs. That's that's still in belief. I love so it. So the concept yeah. is turtles down, meaning we're a, we're a society living on a turtle's back, and that turtle's living on another turtle's back, Ooh. and that turtle's living on another turtle's Ooh, back. I love it. So instead of multi-dimensions or other planets, it's turtles all the way down. There's Ooh, it, like fractals. Like down through the ground, it's just turtles all the way. Oh jeez! Where there's a turtle turtles. on top of a turtle. There's there's four elephants involved in some other stuff as well in the Hindu version. Though there's also uh, Terry Pratchett. See Discworld if you've seen the Discworld. Because uh, they, they're living on a turtle too. So it's not the only one. It's uh, it's it's a beautiful thing though. In in some of the cosmos. Which is funny. You said turtle means longevity because a zombie is kind of. A longevity kind yeah. of thing, so to speak. Right, so it's not even, like, really... That's why I don't think anything random is truly random at all. Yeah. Like, even though he said that and everyone laughed, and that became the meme because it was this random thing. This kid was just like, I like turtles. And really, it's not far away associated from, from what that is. It's like, <laughs> you can... At the point that you start to connect things oh, together. Oh, gosh, man. You know, you can weave anything. So just that's why intention's so important. That's why. Because your mind's so brilliant. You can figure out all these sort of double and triple entendres and, and wordplay. And, you know, oh, man. that's the stuff that makes magicians' nipples hard. Like, when you know how to, like, oh, you know how to, to turn a phrase or... Or word, because the, remember, language is a way to screen people too. Mm. Like, like that's what jargon actually does. Like when people use jargon, you know that type of language where it's, uh, you know, a bunch of techno babble or whatever. They use it in industries to sort of insiders, you know, can use ah. it so they can talk amongst themselves. And the people, you know, in the cheap seats may not know what they are saying because that's where. Like, you know, again, you have a neutral tool and how you employ it, you can employ it in a way where you can use it um, asymmetrically, we'll say. You can just use it one-sidedly if you want. And so at the same time, though, it's like you can tell, you know, just if you use a pun. Like, you notice there's certain people that are into them and other people oh, that yeah. aren't at all. Puns and wordplay. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So good. Oh. I, I prefer that over just... Any, any kind of language, really. It's lateral thinking. It employs thinking in different contexts. So for an active mind, it's like an exercise. It's like picking up a barbell and, and lifting weights. Because at that Does point... Does the lift weight lift themselves? <laughs> what was that? Does the lift weight lift themselves? The lifts lift themselves. <laughs> 
these weights. Are those weights going to lift themselves? Yes, they will. But yes, they will. They, they lift it by our minds, lifting them through the body sometimes, sometimes until, we, until we level up. So, uh, you know, I think uh, I live in a world where I believe that is possible with enough power behind it in the consensus that uh, psychokinesis is a common thing. You know, psychokinesis is, is the movement of the mind power. We're actually moving objects with thought, which, uh, you know, that's another episode. <laughs> but hey, you got to have the door open if you want the guests to come in, right? That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to tie this podcast up because I think we're up, up to uh, an hour here. This combined with the earlier stuff we did. And thank you guys so much for it, allowing me to be a part of uh, this craziness and just contributing your your ideas to it so very much because this stuff just keeps living on and who knows who's hearing it and who's applying it and being enlightened by it and uh, turning off their televisions and choosing this as their main mode of <laughs> being the media. television show. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Turtles all the way down. Turtles all the way down. Thank you. Keep that in mind. <laughs>